0: hi everyone and welcome to another firms consulting podcast uh, today's podcast topic is um, interesting and unusual a little bit because it talks about communication but in a very different way um, i remember speaking to a fairly close client who i've known for well over three years um, and he wanted to know how to become a better speaker because he's very nervous when he speaks especially when he has to present his, his slides at a board level and so on. i mean he's confident obviously he's a mckinsey guy but he's um he struggles, and he wanted to know how he could speak like me. Because one of the things you should know about the way we do podcasts and so on—we don't script these calls. I mean, it's not like I'm—I've um, got a, a script of points that I want to discuss. No, sometimes I'll—I'll I'll think, okay, I've got to do this podcast, and I'll just you know, power up the Sony recorder, and we'll we'll go from there. And he wanted to know how do you have that way or that technique of being able to build structure in real time you know basically as i'm speaking i'm building the structure i'm not planning out the structure and then going through it which is what 99% of people do right and we'll talk through how i've developed that technique because it's it's a technique that i think you you want to learn to have because once you have it boy does it set you apart from everyone else i mean i cannot tell you how powerful a weapon it's become when i was a you know consultant when i became a partner even now when i speak to to clients and so on so Maybe some you know, background is important here because when I was in high school I used to stutter a lot. It was a pretty big problem in the point when you know, I'd be up on the you know, um in front of my class and, you know, school children are quite cruel and I'll be, you know, stretching away like a, you know, drunk parrot or something. And it became difficult. Now there are certain techniques I followed here to, to fix that problem. And I wanna to talk to you about the the mechanical techniques and then the psychological techniques, because they are different. And I do feel the psychological techniques are more important. But let's talk about the mechanical techniques. Well, the, the easy one is that I realized that there were certain words that were triggering for stuttering. If I, if I started off sentences with certain words, it caused me to stutter. If I started off sentences with other words, it caused me not to stutter. So one of the, the horrible outcomes of this technique is that I started to use the word but a lot to start a sentence now firstly it offended a lot of people because when you say but it means you're disagreeing with them but they didn't realize that the reason I was speaking that way is because it would help me reduce my stuttering now sharper words or one syllable words prevent stuttering it's when you have to mold your tongue around multi-syllable words and the more complex the multi-syllable words, the greater the probability of starting off a sentence structuring because you're, you, you cannot basically control the muscle to pronounce that word. So I learned that one-syllable words move from that point and, and my stuttering ended. Right Now, the interesting thing is that when your stuttering improves, it sort of improves your confidence so that you have to use less of those one-syllable words. So over time, you move away from using one-syllable words, but just end up offending a lot of people when you're young. So you have to be very careful about that. The other thing I learned is that one thing I noticed amongst high school students and even university students is they're very bad at presenting. I mean, they, you know, I, I remember some people that were supposedly gifted speech uh, uh, makers would arrive in the front of the class. They would have their speech written on a sheet of paper or these little cards they would stand there holding up the sheet the, the cards in front of them uh, with both hands and they would pivot from side to side reading looking up reading looking up the hands locked in front of them and that was supposedly good presentation technique I mean my God that is terrible right so one of the techniques I learned is that don't Memorize your speeches. Now, uh, bear with me, all right? Don't memorize your speech. Oh, sorry. Memorize. Don't memorize your speeches, but don't be hooked on following things word for word. Now, now, why is that important? Because people don't know what you were going to say anyway. So, if you change a few sentences, they don't know you have changed it. They've never seen your original speech. So, what I used to do is, I used to, I used to not arrive in the front of the class even when I was at university with this like, written out sheet of paper but I would have the idea just I'd say okay I'm going to make six points and I'm going to talk about them but I'd use my hands now the technique of using your hands is quite a powerful technique because when you use your hands it does two things it forces you to pay attention to what you're saying because your hands become almost like a guide for your thoughts. Kind of weird. It's almost counterintuitive. But when you want to, to, to emphasize a point about something being small, you'll bring your hand together. When you want to show a box, you can you know, use your hands to show a box. The point is that it's almost your hands are reflecting what you're saying back on you. So you're forced to pay more attention to what you're saying. On the other hand, when people pay attention to your hands, they are distracted by what you are saying, so it's almost as if you're giving them a picture book to follow versus what most people do when they give speeches, which is they give them a novel without pictures. So, When most people do speeches and discussions, they will talk no hand movements. So it's like trying to pay attention to a complex topic by just reading text but when you start using your hands you're introducing introducing images to the discussion and that becomes a very good technique now not only does it bring structure to your discussion it's a sign of confidence because you are using structure with your hands and I find it is very distracting for most people because they're not trained that way so when they see you using your hands they become distracted they start giving you the benefit of the doubt. They start seeing you as a more you know, effective speaker. So that's the, um, the, the, the second thing you can do. The, the third thing, which is far more important, is psychological. The psychological part, I think, is the most important part because the problem with using the, this idea of starting with certain words and your hands is while it helps you, it's a bandage on the problem and there are times when you face in you such a stressful situation that even if you start with the right words even if you use your hands you're still stuttering because the pressure threshold is so high that the release valve created by the um perfect hands movements and using the right words doesn't work now how do you fix that problem and it's a technique i learned really young so that by the time I joined management consulting, I had had this technique down fairly well, right? Now, you got to listen to this very carefully, and it's not something easy to do, but you have to do it. What I learned is, one, put myself into very stressful situations. That's one, where I had to, and this is the second part of that, present, I had to speak impromptu. Three, standing up or sitting, it's up to you. Let's just talk about this a little bit. Stressful situation, speaking without preparation. Most people, they'll put themselves into a stressful situation, speaking with preparation. Now, let's explain why that's bad. When you're young, high school, university, even when you first start working, it's very common for you to spend an inordinate amount of time preparing a discussion I I know I was there you know I'd spend a week presenting uh, uh, preparing my presentation that I was going to give to the management committee or wherever I was working the research committee and so on right the problem with this technique is that now a couple of problems with this technique that hurts you in the long term in your life is that one it takes up too much time having a week to prepare before every time you speak means that you, you will have to know when you're going to speak one week in advance now, opportunities don't come one week in advance with one week warning. Sometimes an opportunity comes up with a two-hour notice, one-hour notice. If you, if you condition yourself to have to have a week to prepare to speak, you cannot be flexible in responding to opportunities and other people take them up. So basically, you are inflexible in your career. Two, if you're someone who needs to prepare what they need to say, you are completely inflexible on the day because if someone changes the topic, you you haven't prepared for it. Now, sure, someone will say, well, like, I'll prepare for everything that will come up, but you, that's impossible. You cannot prepare for everything that comes up, right? I mean, the McKinsey interrogation style of interviews for fit will tell you that's impossible. That's why they have it, right? They keep on asking you a barrage of questions related to the topic, but for which you could never have prepared. And the same thing could happen if you prepare for a discussion. For so you're inflexible to respond to opportunities where you have to talk, and two, you're inflexible on the day. Now... A better technique here is to put yourself into a stressful situation but don't prepare. Now, the first time you do this is going to be scary. I can assure you of that. So what you want to do is you want to put yourself into these stressful situations which are more friendly. For example, maybe it's a friend's farewell dinner. Stand up and do the final toast but don't prepare for it. Maybe it's a baby shower. Stand up and do the toast but don't prepare for it. Now initially it's going to be very difficult. It's baby steps. It's something you're going to fix over maybe a year to two years. right? No cards, no preparations, no writing down your bullets and looking at it. Don't do that. Because if you do that, you're never going to break the habit. What you have to do is go to these events and decide on the spur of the moment with five minutes to go, ten minutes to go. Initially you'll need a little bit more time, maybe 15 minutes to think through what you're going to say, but don't write it down and stand up and offer to do the toast now over time it, you become more and more conditioned to not, being need, to not needing to prepare and being able to talk in very stressful situations now i've reached the point whereby i would I remember i was like 20 i think i was maybe in 22 23 when i was presenting with a senior partner and the ceo of one of the largest banks in the emerging markets just before we left the meeting room I didn't do the presentation, the partner did it, and I remember the CEO, this you know, he's guy's got a bald head, shiny head, he looks like he's a you know, Superman or something. He's got muscles, probably more muscles than Superman. The shirt looks like it's gonna break on his back. And he says, And you young man, what do you have to say? And I could have said, No, I have nothing to say or you know, shied away and laughed my way out of there I said, No, I actually have a few points I'd like to raise, so if you'd give me ten to fifteen minutes I'd like to firstly bolden what the partner said, but also, you know, looking around the room I noticed that a few people spent a lot of time on the analysis we did around break even rates so maybe i just want to explain that in a different way and i and i spent 10 to 15 minutes talking through that which i hadn't prepped to talk through my point is eventually you get to the point whereby you 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 have you're able to respond to those opportunities now i imagine if you were someone who needed a week to prepare for a talk, you couldn't respond to that opportunity. You couldn't have a chance to build your stature in the eyes of that very powerful CEO who went on to, you know, great things. So this idea of being able to control your hand movements is very important. But secondly, put yourself into stressful situations and give impromptu discussions are very important. I mean, to reach the point where I don't prepare any of my discussions. I mean, if you tell me you want me to say something, I can structure my thoughts in real time, right? And and I always lay out a structure first. I've discussed this in a different podcast, but I'll, I'll touch on it here. When I'm about to talk about something, I always initially explain the context, present the structure for what I'm going to use, and then I just follow the structure. And I do that in every discussion with anyone. It's just second nature. Context, structure, follow the structure. Context, structure, follow the structure. And It's not difficult but you've got to be able to do that. The second thing is that a lot of people when they are unsure of whether they are worthy of being listened to, they they rush. Don't rush. If someone cuts you off, it doesn't mean you have to speed up, it means you have to improve your content. So when you feel that people are not listening to you, don't rush. Go back and say, okay, how do I speak in such a way that I come across in a compelling way? And if people cut you off, it's okay as well. There have been times I've been cut off a lot sometimes with clients who want a specific and I'll just reorient myself and say, okay, I'm speaking about something that they're not asking about, so let's reorient and speak about what they want here. But it's a trial and error process. But the point is you can't prepare your way to a good speaker. The only way to do that is to have is to be able to plan your talks well in advance. And you know, a lot of the communication and confidence training programs, that's what they teach you to preparation. And I'm saying it's not about preparation. It's about having an ability to speak without preparation. That is a far more useful tool. Because you're going to have many opportunities that come up on the spur of the moment. And if you want someone who needs to prepare your speech... To prepare your discussion you are not going to be able to seize the moment and someone else who you probably don't like and who's competing with you is going to be able to step up and take that opportunity and it's all about being able to structure your thoughts in real time and deliver it in real time as always you know i think that if i had to look at the people who did that well in the consulting offer, I that felix was the best at doing that and i thought that I think there was a big gap, you know, chasm between Felix and the other candidates. I think Sanchi was okay, when, but he needed a lot of preparation. And then there was a big gap between Rafik and Samantha. um But the Rafik and Samantha were roughly the same. But I thought Felix was pretty good at that. She could speak quickly on on any topic, really. um So she she had the ability to respond in real time. It wasn't always great, but she had overcome that psychological barrier, and that's an important barrier. So. Practice this concept of using your hand movement but also putting yourself in situations where you need to speak in an impromptu way.